Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 64 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Uh, just living the dream, man. Uh, blessed, getting better with my walking and, and my heels recovering. And now that I've got the ambiotics that I'm going to be taking, the infection to go away too, Lord willing. So I'm doing great and looking forward to this podcast. Uh, hoping uh, you don't turn away any listeners like you did on your other podcast. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, and one of my other podcasts about football, you talk about uh, make jokes about communism and, and stuff enough and uh, it can get people all worked up, but um, we'll, we'll leave that right there yeah, how you doing, uh, before man? I say other dumb comments. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, just had a little bit of sickness in our house recently. My, my daughter Zoe has had kind of a nasty cough for a little, a little bit and um, yesterday had a fever on and off. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you know, unfortunately, my wife and, and daughters weren't able to come to church uh, so that that was a bummer just as we tried to uh, not openly expose people to uh, sicknesses because that's just generally a nice a nice thing to do to others. So, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't expose them. I mean, yeah. You know, like on Sunday, I wasn't here. Yeah. And uh, we had Brother Ricky preach for me because mm-hmm. I had the the food poisoning. Yeah. But I didn't know it was food poisoning at the time, and I didn't want to bless somebody with that diet plan. So. <laughs> yeah. Nor did you want any uh, emergencies to happen from the pulpit. So, no. Uh, no. That, that would that would not be great. Although it'd be pretty funny uh, for for the rest of us, not for you, of course, but. Now, life is good. Looking forward to today's episode. One that, uh, you know, as I can, as I confess, I hadn't spent a ton of time thinking about before we got this question because it's uh, not one that I've had to process very much, but uh, it's a good question nonetheless. And that's, what is the right way to deal with a body after death, burial or cremation? Two of the most popular uh, things that we see today and trying to figure out, does the Bible say anything about this? Is one right or wrong or what should we do with it? Yeah. And it's, it's a question we got from Kara and from Henry. And, and the interesting part about that was Kara asked the question through email. So she sent an email to a uh, 1717pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we got her question. And then Henry uh, came and spoke to me at church the, like just a couple days later after service and asked me the same question about burial and cremation. And so obviously that's something God is doing, uh, and so it's something we wanted to address here. So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about this topic. So just to start off with a little bit of background, as we always like to do, uh, just to give an idea of really where the trends are going right now in in America, uh, I was looking up in 2021, over 56% of deaths chose to have the body cremated. So we're looking over 50% of or over half of deaths end up that way now. Uh, this is due largely in part because of the cost of cremation being approximately a third of the cost of burial now at this point. Right. And we were talking about this at breakfast this morning. I think another factor in it being so high right now is because of all the COVID and yeah. not places to put bodies in refrigeration, different things. And so this is a way to deal with the bodies right now 
um, that are piling up. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's been a know. large growth even in the last like since Two 2000. Yeah, yeah. But, but even yeah, even yeah. even the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. this is a big thing. Just now in the last couple of years, it's gotten to where more deaths are being cremated than buried for pretty much the first time. Like in, since in, we in since history. we practice since we can yeah, know anything. Yeah, so. Yeah. Excuse me, looking at the Encyclopedia Britannica, talk about the history of cremation a little bit. Here's what it says. Uh, Again, this is from a a secular, non-biased source so that there's no uh, push for uh, like the argument of morality when it comes to either method or the other. So that's important to note. Right, because they do have their bias is from a worldly perspective. So they're not going to they're not going to condemn something um, that the world might accept. And they're not going to embrace Christianity for sure. Yep. So I think that's worth noting as we read this. So here's what it says. It says, The practice of cremation on open fires was introduced to the Western world by the Greeks as early as 1000 BC. They seem to have adopted cremation from some northern people as an imperative of war. Now the Iliad, as in Homer's Iliad, makes plain how elaborate and important cremations were. In that, Zeus himself forced Achilles to surrender Hector's body to his father so that he... King Priam of Troy could have it cremated royally. So you have in Greek mythology, cremation was a royal thing to do. It it was a a very, or looked upon very positively. Now the Romans followed Greek and Trojan fashion in cremating their military heroes. By about 100 AD, however, cremations in the Roman Empire were stopped because of the spread of Christianity, (laughs) which is an interesting note. Now, continuing on, says the pagan Scandinavians, or we know as the Vikings, favored cremation, believing that it helped free the spirit from the flesh and also that it kept the dead from harming the living. These pagans practices paralleled the Greek and Roman epic cremations. After the Icelandic conversion to Christianity, again in 1080, cremation was rare in Western Europe until the 19th century, except in emergencies like the outbreak of the Black Death. So again, uh, Christian influence came in. Yeah, yeah, even now, right, with COVID. (laughs) And so when you have the Christian influence come in, cremation became rare. Now, it was not until 1884 that a British court first ruled cremation a legal procedure. Before that, it wasn't even lawful. And now the British government, or excuse me, the British movement prompted action in the United States where the first crematorium was built in Washington and Pennsylvania in 1876. It wasn't until the 1970s that more than about 8% of the dead were cremated in America. So again, I, I said now this year, it was 56% back in the 70s, it's only about 8%. And now still today, according to Britannica, Orthodox Jews continue to forbid cremation. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit of a history from the perspective of the Encyclopedia Britannica on where cremation came from. Now, as I mentioned, it's kind of interesting, not necessarily uh, telling, but that as Christian influence came in, cremations dropped. So this is something to keep in mind. Yeah. And, and if a word, as we get into this and look at what the scripture says, I'd like to Remind our listeners about prescriptive versus descriptive text, um, because all the stuff that we're going to be reading—I mean, almost all of it—is pre—is excuse me—is descriptive. It mm-hmm. is—it is saying what happened. It's not necessarily prescribing this as what should yeah. happen. And so, as we go through this and you read these things, you're going to see that a cremation specifically isn't spelled out exactly in the scripture. Um, burial isn't necessarily. Uh, Prescribe is the only method. It's, it's described over and over and over again. So that's important for us to understand when we go through this. Now, descriptive text is important because it tells us what happened, and oftentimes that can tell us, give us some principles, mm-hmm. and tell us what might be the expectations. But it's not the same thing as commands 
And that, that would be prescriptive text. So yeah. I think that's important as we approach this. This is descriptive, not necessarily prescriptive. Yep. Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind uh, as we talk about all of these topics. So what does the Bible say about cremation or burning bodies? Like, like you said, we never see the word cremation uh, in the Bible, right. but we do see a lot about burning bodies. So let's walk through some of those, uh, a bunch from 2 Kings here. 2 Kings 16, 2 through 3 says this, Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, his God, as his father David had done, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even burned his son as an offering, according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. So you have the focus on burning his son as a form of offering. <laughs> Uh, Second Kings continuing on in verse se- or chapter 17, verses 17 and 18 says, and they burned their sons and their daughters as offerings and used divination and omens and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. Second Kings 21 verse six, and he offered his son as an offering or sorry, he burned his son as an offering and used fortune telling and omens and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. And finally, in Amos, Amos 2, one, it says, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Moab and for four, I will not revoke his punishment because he burned the bones of the king of Edom to lime. And then that's from that Second uh, Kings 3, 26 through 27, where he burned his son as an offering. So as we, as we read that, there's um, plenty of talk there about this burning children as an offering to... Uh, that was despicable practice. It was two pagan gods. And I I think there's different gods could, or or different um, practices could do this different way. So some of them, it may have been after they had killed their children, and then this was a form of burning them. them. Uh, It could have been, uh, in some cases, actually burning their children. Well, yeah, with Molech, where they actually burn their children alive as a um, practice. So is this necessarily cremation and getting rid of the bodies? Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't think you can say that. But when we look at, okay, people being burned uh, to death or after death, it was generally, as it said here, the Lord was very angry with those things. It, it wasn't um, condoned, at least in this case. Right. And in, in fact, many times condemned. But again, this is not um, necessarily cremation, although some it could apply. And, and these are not all the texts yep. in the scripture that deal with this. These are just some examples. Another example, Joshua 7.25, um, he had Achan's sin where he, took things that were forbidden and hit him in his tent and uh, God's people were defeated and and death was brought uh, to God's people uh, in the promise, the only defeat they had in the promised land in the conquest. It says in Joshua seven twenty five, he says, why did you bring this trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today and all Israel stoned him. That's Achan stoned him with stones. They burned him with fire and stoned them with stones. Um, so what you see there is they killed him. Then they burned his body, and then they threw stones on top of his burnt body, and that's that's similar. To, I mean, that's it's it's post mortem. It's 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 body's dead. It's burned, but it was more of a disgrace, a dishonoring mm-hmm. of them. Um, not the same as what we would see cre- cremation today. And then even like Leviticus ten one through five is, is an interesting passage because we see God kind of does a little bit of a cremation here, if you will, where there was a Nadab and Abihu. Um, and they took a censer, and, and it says Leviticus 10, verse 1, they took a censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Fire came out before the Lord and consumed them. So they were consumed by this fire. It says, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has commanded among those who hear 
me, I will be sanctified. He continues on and skips forward to verse 5. And it says, come near, carry your brothers away from the sanctuary and out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their coats out of the camp. Well, the reason they're carrying them in their coats is they're nothing but a bunch of ashes. Yep. So, so, so here we even see that this burning of the body was a punishment of God to God's uh, people here that were doing something God had not authorized them to do. And he did reduce them to ashes and they were uh, carried away. Um, mm-hmm. That's the closest you see maybe to a cremation type event. Yeah. But of course, what's differing is that God brought the death in the first place. Right. <laughs> when we, As a when result we cremate of sin. people, we don't burn them alive right. and then let it continue. Yes. But uh, yeah, interesting note uh, nonetheless. And then uh, going uh, back to King, 2 Kings 23, 16, and it says, And as Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mount, and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled it, each according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed who had predicted these things. Now, th- this was on an altar to false gods. Um, so this isn't, uh, Josiah wasn't going to defile the Lord, but um, to defile this altar that was made for these false gods. So it's interesting that on an, a false god altar that he's intending to defile, he took bones out of the tomb and then he burned them on the altar. Yeah. So very much intentional disgrace of these remains. Definitely yeah. not anything that would, it's not honoring, that, that it's you not would honor. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, interesting enough too, by the way, they were buried. <laughs> yeah, they took were them buried out. and took them yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example that we see of this sort of thing happening, last one we'll look at before we start talking about burial, um, Saul and his sons were uh, attacked and killed and hung on a wall uh, as a display, as a, as a dishonoring of their body, dishonoring of their memory, uh, not being buried. It was a disgrace. And what it says in 1 Samuel 31, 12 through 13, is it says that all the valiant men arose and went at night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall at Beth-Chian, and they came to Jabesh and burned them there. They took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted seven days. So you do see a burning there. It's not the same as creation today, cremation today even because they didn't burn them so much to where they were just dust and ashes because they then took their bones and buried them. So we don't know exactly the reason why they were burned there. But again, this is uh, describing something that, that's similar to uh, the practice of cremation. So as we get into looking about burial, I, I think just to kind of sum up some of the cremation stuff is, is we don't see a, a lot of texts that specifically speak to what we view in modern America as cremation. I, I don't think it would be fair at all to say that people today who choose to cremate bodies of loved ones, uh, usually because they request it, but that it would be in any dishonorable purpose or anything right. like that. So, yep. so it, that, that it very much differs there, and we don't see any prescribed text there, but a lot of interesting notes nonetheless. Yeah, because the, these, these, are, these are the types of passages you see in the Bible dealing with burning bodies. Um, and so you see that they, just, they don't parallel cremation. So I think one of the things you could really take from this think, so that we can glean here is that cremation really isn't addressed unless it's the pagan practices that we see that we're reading about in Britannica with the Greeks and the, the, the those are the Trojans yep. and, and the Romans and the Vikings and all mm-hmm. those practices, that kind of stuff is described. That's where cremation originated. And we see that sort of thing in the Bible. And that is looked down upon and even condemned. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, Karen and Henry, who asked the question, uh, are not looking to absolutely <laughs> ask the question about that in a pagan no, way. So, no. Uh, so anyways, digging into now, looking at what the Bible says about 
burial. Jackie, right. you, you got a you got a verse right away that um, is pretty interesting to start yeah off. yeah I thought it was interesting because Ecclesiastes six three is just talking about life and it says if a man has a hundred children and he lives many years, how many ever it may be, but his soul is not satisfied with the good things and he does not even have a proper burial, then I say it's better that he miscarried that he was miscarried than than he even existed kind of thing. What Solomon is ultimately saying is if this person has this life and lives this way and he dies in dishonor it had been better than he never lived. That's, that's what he's saying. But what really stuck out to him, I thought was interesting is he says he doesn't even have a proper burial, which implies there is proper burial and there is improper burial. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when it comes to, to burying versus cremation, and by the way, you can bury ashes as well, mm-hmm. but even when it comes to burial rather than cremation, we, we have to understand there is a proper and an improper way to do it. Yep. And Isaiah 14, uh, Verses 18 through 20 uh, says this. It was kind of look at um, being buried, not being buried, at least at this time, was seen as a disgrace. And it says, all the kings of the nations lie in glory, each is each in his own tomb. So you have this uh, assumption here of lying in a tomb. Yep. But you are cast out away from your grave like a loathed branch, clothed with the slain, those pierced by the sword who go down to the stones of the pit like a dead body trampled underfoot. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed your land. You have slain your people. May the offspring of evildoers never more be named. Mm. So very much a disgraceful thing here to not be with these kings of nations that lie yeah. in glory to not be in buried, their tomb. Yeah. But now um, Isaiah is speaking here that this this person is going to be ripped out of that and laid with, with the dead bodies, not in that tomb. Yeah, very much seen as a disgrace there. Um, the first burial in the Bible um, that's described is in Genesis 23, uh, when Sarah died, Abraham's wife. And it says in Genesis 23, starting in verse 2, Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went into mourn for Sarah and weep for her. Then Abraham rose and said, or rose from before his dead and spoke with the sons of Heth, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me a burial site among you that I may bury my dead. And uh, this same place is mentioned again because in Genesis 49, 29 through 30, 31, we see that this is where uh, Jacob or Israel um, is burying his loved ones. It says uh, in, in Genesis 49, starting at 29, then he commanded them to say and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, and the cave that is in the field of Machpelah. He says, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham brought along with the field. And then it's for a burial site. They buried Abraham and his wife, Sarah, there. They buried Isaac and his wife, Rebekah. And there I buried Leah. And that's where Jacob or Israel also wanted to be buried. So we see, again, burial described there. And it's even the same, it's the same exact tomb mm-hmm. uh, where, where Abraham and Sarah were buried. Yeah, which is an interesting thing is as we went to Israel, we got to see some of these tombs that um, yeah. th- that were above ground. Yeah, actually, sarcophagus. And, yeah, the sarcophagus, and you could tell uh, who had money and who didn't based on how that looked. But some of these boxes, I remember them saying, like they as the bodies would break down and bones would be in there, that they would actually put the other same family members in there. So when yeah. it said these men were buried with their fathers, yeah. it, it was literal. Like they were in the they same. They were literally box there. Yes, put in there. the same box. Which yeah. of course. Uh, when bones or when things break down to where there's just bones, that makes sense. If it's just full bodies, like that would be hard to fit right. many of those in there. But uh, just an interesting side note. Uh, Judges 8.32 talks about Gideon, and it says, Gideon, the son of Joash, died in a good old age and was buried in the tomb of Joash's father. <laughs> 
And so he's mentioned there in Second Samuel uh, 2, 4 through 6. Actually, this is a follow-up to what you read earlier about Saul being burned and then buried. And it says this, Then the men of Judah came, and there anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, It was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul. David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed of the Lord, because you have shown this kindness to Saul your Lord and have buried him. Now may the Lord show loving kindness and truth to you, and I will and I will also show this goodness to you because you have done this thing. Yep. And the thing is buried. Because if you notice there, it doesn't mention burning, although the previous one did. So the burning isn't praised here, but the burial is. I, I, I find that interesting. It's not an argument from silence. It's just an it's just an observation. Yep. First uh, Kings two ten. Uh, then David slept with his fathers and was buried again the, with the fathers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just saying he died like his previous fathers, but he was very likely laid in or attached to the same place where his relatives may have been. Second um, Chronicles thirty two thirty three. It says Hezekiah slept with his fathers and they buried him in the upper part of the tombs of the sons of David. You see that he's buried in the same place as his relatives. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did honor him in his death. So you see here being buried was honoring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were honoring him in his death. And so that's a couple other Older Testament references. But we see burials, burial practiced in the Newer Testament too. Yeah, in, in the book of Acts chapter 5, you have Ananias and Sapphira after they are um, struck down uh, for— uh, In the church. Not, yeah, in the church for not being um, honest with, with what they were doing. And it says, young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. So even though these guys had sinned against the Lord, it was assumed that they would be buried. And then continuing on in in verse 9, it says, But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in and found her dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. So again, just an assumption that this was the norm this of the how norm. they were going to deal with um, the death of of people around yeah. them. Yeah, they didn't they didn't try to figure out which way to do it. This was just what they did. Yep, it, was, it seemed more automatic. One of the things I found really interesting is that God actually um, did some burying in in Deuteronomy thirty four, verses five and six. We see the death and burial of Moses. And it says this, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite of Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his, place of his burial to this day. And the reason no one knows is that he there was God. God buried Moses. And so I, I find it interesting that God's method that he used to deal with the passing of uh one of his servants was to to bury him. Uh, Genesis three nineteen, uh, we see burial assumed by God when He lays down the consequences for sin. He says in Genesis three nineteen, by the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. So they're going to go back into the ground again. Uh, you can bury uh, cremated remains just as well as you can bury embalmed or, or whatnot. But there's this assumption here by God of burial. Yeah, in Psalm 88, verses 4 through 5, we see burial assumed by the psalmist, where it says, I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. So that, uh, like the slain who lie in the grave. So assumption there of lying in a grave. Yeah, the burial for sure. And and Paul assumes the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15 when he's talking about the dead being raised. 
He says, some will say in verse 35 and following, some will say, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? You fool, that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain. <laughs> and he says, you know, like, like weed or something else. And, but the idea there is um, the body has to be sown, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, when you sow something like in farming, you put it in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, just the idea there is that Paul, as he's describing the resurrection from the dead, is it's assuming um, burial. Yeah, in other places we actually see we see burial in the Bible is in relation to baptism, where we see baptism assumes burial as well. In Romans six three through four, it says, "Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life." So again, just an interesting note about baptism being connected with the assumption of. Burial, right? Literally, because, but also spiritually, spiritually and symbolically, because you see that you're, you're buried with him in baptism. That going below the water is a picture of us dying to self. Yep. And you know, there there are other ways that you could die besides being buried, but that's the picture that God chose. Mm-hmm. And and we see the same thing reiterated in in in, in Colossians two twelve, where it just says, "Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead." Again. Baptism, the 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 understanding of baptism, the theology that it proclaims, and the truth that we see in it assumes um, burial. Mm-hmm. Um, next, and just lastly, just a reiteration, I guess. But the resurrection of the dead assumes burial. I mentioned it in First Corinthians fifteen, but you see the same thing, like in Isaiah twenty six nineteen, where it says, "Your dead shall live; their bodies will rise. Those who dwell in the dust will awake and sing for joy." Talking about the resurrection from the dead uh, at the second coming of Christ in this prophecy here. Again, those who dwell in the dust. Now, in fairness, this could be just because that's the cultural practice and that's where God's people were, um, but um, it clearly does assume uh, burial. Yeah, and just uh, the next point, just to kind of zip through here as we're getting short on time, is, is just looking at some of the preparation of bodies for burial uh, in the Jewish culture that we see throughout the Bible. In uh, Genesis fifty twenty six says, Joseph died at the age of 110 years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in mm. Egypt. So uh, they took care of the body, embalmed it. We, we see that happen uh, in a lot of different burials. In Exodus 13.9, then carrying on from this, says Moses took the bones of Joseph, Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. So this was a practice that they would have done to deliver the bones where he had wished, but also he was taken care of, or his body was taken care of and embalmed, it kept in good shape, probably covered with spices, uh, maybe wrapped up to preserve it uh, at least for a time. Absolutely. And it could have been cultural because it was in Egypt, right? Um, but you can see God's people, even in the New Testament, treated the bodies of the dead with great respect, and we don't see them burning them. Uh, like Acts 9.37, when Tabitha uh, died, it says uh, that they washed her body and laid her in an upper room. Um, so they, they cleaned her body after she passed. Um even in even in Jesus's passing, when Jesus had died and when he he was put to death on the cross and died for the sins of all the world, it says that they came and took him away. John nineteen verse thirty nine. They came and took him away. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. And they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices as the burial custom of the Jews. And so what they would do is they would take the spices, the myrrh, the aloes, all that stuff, and 
put it on the body and then wrap it with linens to keep it on the body to preserve it, protect it, and keep the, the smell down, honestly, mm-hmm. in ways. But I thought it was interesting, too, that John, as a little tag, this was the burial custom of the Jews. Yeah. Again, yep. it's a custom, not a command, but this was the typical practice of God's people at that time. Yeah, Nicodemus spent a lot of money there to uh, yeah, take did. care of a body that only was in there for a few days. <laughs> but he didn't think True. didn't think about that one. Uh, John eleven though forty three through forty four talks about Lazarus, and it uh, it says when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. So again, uh, assuming he had been embalmed this way the too, this, yep. th- that we know that this would have happened. And, and the same thing, John twenty, when when uh, Peter and John go and look at the empty tomb. What they find there is the linen wrappings and the face cloth that was on Jesus. So again, um, we see that that was the practice even with the body of Jesus. Now, something we need to keep in mind as we we talk about all this, obviously just spent a, a significant amount of time talking about all the ways that burial was brought up. I think another perspective we have to consider is that all of our bodies end up the same. Yeah. Right? What, whether they're buried or cremated. Yeah, yeah. Ecclesiastes 3.20, all go to the same place, all came from the dust, and all, sh- all shall return to the dust. Is... Um, we, we look at some of these, you know, patriarchs of the faith, I guess, right now, where they're laying, even being buried, their body isn't, I mean, th- this is thousands of years ago. Their body is broken down. It's, it looks like dust now. So whether uh, cremated or buried, it's going to end up the same way yeah. in the ground. So uh, something definitely to keep in mind as we, as we talk about this topic. Yeah, because cremation really just expedites the process. Yep. Um, Genesis 319, uh, go back to that text where we said, you know, God, said you're going to go into the ground he just said you're of dust and dust you shall return it's true mm-hmm. all bodies will end up that way uh genesis 18 27 abraham acknowledged this I, I think it's interesting because he adds ashes here but he says um he says i am but dust and ashes that's what mm-hmm. abraham realized that's all he is and that's what he's going to return to that all of our bodies will end up in that state uh, after death so just uh we got a, a few last thoughts really to consider when it comes to this before we uh, wrap everything up. A few other verses that I think will help us, um, because again, a lot of these aren't very prescriptive, but more descriptive. So when we're dealing with a topic that is primarily descriptive texts, uh, I think there's a few other ways we need to look at things to make a wise decision. Yeah. So first, pray for wisdom. Uh, James one five says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him." And so a lot of times we don't really think about it. We 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 think about maybe what is what is what can we afford or um maybe we don't even get much thought we just do it because that's um what we that's the norm the norm it's easier yeah um but we really ought to think about it and and, and say okay lord what is the wisdom is what would you what would you want me to do mm-hmm. god and seek god's direction yeah in romans 14:23 a common verse that we we talk on this podcast says but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and whatever is not from faith is sin and so this gives us uh, again the reminder if uh, whether it's for our own bodies uh, or as we talk to family members and loved ones about our future, their future, uh, if we're not convinced about the decision to be cremated or be buried, if that's the right one, then we we shouldn't do that thing just because, you know, like, so it, because that, according to this verse, would be sin. Right. So that's, I think, that's why we naturally started with James 1, is seeking the Lord first, being convinced um, and, and having faith that this is what yeah. would be right for us. And then from that, then that would be uh, the, the right thing, assuming it's not commanded otherwise in Scripture. Right. Um, and another thing to remember, too, uh, you don't cremate yourself. Yeah. You're not going to bury yourself. Uh, it, it, your loved ones are the ones that are ultimately going to be left to do this. And we need to consider them as well. Philippians 2.4 says, do not merely look out for your own interests, but also the interest of others. And so when it comes to 
um, what should happen to our bodies after we pass away, you know, good practice would be to consider what your family members might want mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, obviously we, we want to know what God wants first, yep. uh, but then loving God first, but then loving others and, and talking to them about it. You know, do you have a preference? Do you mind? Like, do you want me to be cremated? Do you want me to be uh, buried? Like, what what would you prefer? Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a good practice. And I think also, no matter if it's cremation or burial or cremation, then burial, we need to make sure that we're approaching it the right way. So like in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, it talks about ancestry worship. And, and I think we fall prey to that a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, for them, they did they, they were divination and all these things they did. And they were speaking to mediums and inquiring of the dead and all this stuff. But for us, we fall into the same sorts of things when we go to a graveside and talk to the deceased loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't pray to anyone other than God. Yep. They're not going to hear you anyway. That's a form of ancestry worship. Or if we take uh, the remains, the cremated remains of a loved one in an urn and put it in a prominent place in our house, why, why are we why are we doing that? You know, so th- those types of things we got to think about because or spreading the ashes or keeping some of them for yourself, whatever it might be, that could be forms of ancestry worship. Mm-hmm. So we need to be careful about that as well because that is condemned. And so when it comes to burial or cremation, either one. We need to make sure that we're not falling prey to some of those things. Yeah, yeah, and I, I totally understand. You know, the the idea behind standing over a grave and talking to your loved one, right? It it gets romanticized and dramatized in movies, and it it makes you know maybe it's uh, people's process of of dealing with grief. But when you th- you think about it, uh, like th- they're not there. Yeah, you there's know, some very thought the- theology there. Yeah, very there's weird. If, if you believe that you're talking to your loved one in the ground, um, then that means they're not in heaven, which. Now that's all sorts of other problems. So it, yeah. we should be more encouraged, you know, that they're that they're in heaven and not right. in the ground anymore. And so we don't need to talk to them there. And and uh, so I, I think that's that's something important to think about, especially when you know I, I even think of the story of Saul and really one of his downfalls was talking to necromancers and mediums to bring up Samuel to talk to from him the from dead. the dead. And yeah. Samuel's like, dude, what yeah. are you doing? Don't don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't. You know, you're not supposed to do this. And then God, you know, has a punishment as a result. So. As we summarize this, when talking through the topic of how to deal with bodies after death, we do not see any passages of scripture that prescribe cremation, nor do we see any passages that outrightly condemn it in the way that we do it today. What we do see is that God's people almost always use burial, and cremation or the burning of bodies was generally spoken of negatively. Most scriptures related to this topic are descriptive rather than prescriptive, but they are still important to consider as we make decisions with our family family members about what to do with our own bodies after we pass. As with any decision, we ought to pray about it and talk with our loved ones and seek wisdom on the issue. Cremation is definitely cheaper and stewardship is important, but money shouldn't be the end-all be-all reason that we choose one thing over another. We also need to remember that regardless of burial or cremation, we ought to view or how we view the dead and interact with them is prescribed in the Bible, and we ought to think about what we do in that area. As we just said, if we know that Christians who die are in heaven, why would we speak to their grave? Why would we save their ashes and keep them in our homes or even go and scatter them? These are questions that we need to think about from a biblical perspective rather than just blindly doing them because that's what other people do. And so after listening to this, you're like, well, where do you guys land on it? I mean, really, this is a matter of conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, but the most important thing we ought to consider regarding this topic is not what will happen to our bodies post-mortem, but what will happen to our souls. Mm. Will you be in heaven or not? That's what matters most. So that concludes today's show. Thank you again, Tara and Henry, for the great question. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.